Welcome to Interfaith Encounters, consequential conversations with leaders of different faith traditions about how their communities are responding to the challenges of contemporary society. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Hunt, Director of the Global Theological Education Program at Perkins School of Theology of Southern Methodist University. Our guest today is Mark Romney. Mr. Romney is currently serving as the stake president of the Dallas, Texas Stake of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He has also served as bishop, high counselor, and ward young men's president. He is fluent in Spanish and Portuguese and served as a missionary in Brazil as a young man. Mark Romney, I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'd like you to say just a little bit about yourself and your position in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am currently serving as the stake president of the Dallas, Texas stake of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our church is a worldwide church, and it's divided up by geography. And the stake president, as stake president, I'm in charge of nine separate congregations in South Dallas County, Ellis County, and Navarro County, including two Spanish-speaking congregations. And then uh, that's my lay job. And then my real profession, I'm a, a trial attorney, a commercial trial attorney, and I also work a lot with international uh, business transactions in Latin America. Okay. Thanks very much. What's the most important thing that those of us who are not members of your community need to understand about how it is affecting, how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting your community and the, especially the churches that you are the stake president over? I, ha- I think I have to explain just a little bit of context. Please. Uh, we are a worldwide church. We're a fairly new church as far as religions are concerned. We are celebrating this year the 200th anniversary of what we believe was the restoration of the gospel through the prophet Joseph Smith, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our church actually was only formed 190 years ago. As a worldwide church, we believe that we have uh, the power and authority to act on behalf of of Heavenly Father through the priesthood. That priesthood is administered through a prophet, through his counselors, through 12 men that we hold to be apostles. That priesthood authority comes down through ecclesiastical lines to stake presidents on the local level, and then also to bishops, lay bishops, and then to every worthy male in the church. Adult male in the church is entitled to hold the priesthood, which is used not to benefit themselves, as we are a lay ministry. Mm -hmm. Nobody on the local level is paid at all but they're used to benefit their neighbors, their families, to bless their families, and to, uh, to help other people. So when something like COVID hits, uh, first off, we went through, uh, we've gone through quite a bit of persecution in our past. Uh, so one of the things that's taught us as a church is to the principle of self-reliance. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to do what we can, and we need to be prepared to help our neighbors. So how that manifests itself is through the principles of, number one, getting as much education as we can so that we can provide for our families. And if we can provide for our families, then we've got enough to resources to help others. Uh, food storage. I think the LDS Church is well known for food storage. We're counseled to do, live providently. We live within our means and to save and to have minimal debt. I think we've been taught these principles for decades, well over 100 years, and if anybody's been paying attention, 
We hoped that they would have been minimally affected by the virus. But of course, that affects everybody. Uh, and it, it's going to affect even our members. We, we know that a lot of people are going to be out without jobs. Uh, we know that a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are suffering. Our response to the COVID is that, like a lot of Christian denominations, we believe in the end times. This is kind of a wake-up call, may, perhaps, for all of us that, uh, you know, it doesn't take too much to disrupt everything that we know in our society. Thank you very much, and that, that explanation is really most helpful. The Latter-day Saints community uh, comes having thought about being prepared. Just yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we were being lambasted in the Wall Street Journal for having $100 billion in cash reserves, and the brethren responded, you've got to be prepared. Yeah. How do you run a worldwide church of 17 million people if, how do, you, how do you teach them to be provident and living and saving if you don't do it yourself? With that preparation, are there particular times and occasions when the current restrictions on movement are particularly difficult for members of your community? It has had a, a large effect on our community. Yeah. Number one, I think you know that we have temples around the world where we perform sacred ordinances, marriages for eternity, endowment, baptism for the dead, that are only performed in what we consider to be holy temples that have been dedicated for that purpose. All of our temples throughout the world have been closed uh, temporarily because of this. So that work that we are doing for the people on the other side of the veil, our ancestors, is not happening right now. We do believe very strongly in following, honoring, and obeying the law. We've been encouraged to respect the stay-at-home orders. Uh, so the, the participation in the, in the Holy Sacrament, which we also use, like most Christian churches do, which is typically done weekly in a sacrament meeting, those are not being held in our church building. That brings into play the fact that one of the adaptations that we have is that in the families where we have worthy priesthood holders, they have been authorized during this time to perform those sacrament ordinances on behalf of their families and on behalf of the families that they, that they minister to. And then perhaps the most visible aspect of the LDS church is the missionary, the full-time missionaries. You, right. Everybody's seen them all around the world, wherever, wherever the world let us have them. Our missionaries are encouraged from, the, from 10 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night to be outside and visible to render service and then to also uh, proselyte and teach people that want to be taught. Well, this has put all of them indoors all yeah. throughout the world. They have, been they have been encouraged to be inside and socially visible uh, using the internet and social media, but they've been encouraged to continue. Now, all of the missionaries that are serving in foreign countries, which for us, for us is a big, a big number of our missionaries. We have approximately 65,000 full-time missionaries serving. Anybody that has been serving in a foreign country, for the most part, has been asked to return home. So there have been huma, humongous charter flights of LDS missionaries coming back from all around the world. My stake is fairly small in the number of missionaries that we have out because we're a little bit older of a stake. We don't have quite as many youth, but I've got four missionaries, one that was preparing to go to Mexico that did it, his initial study via internet, and three that have come home, one from Brazil, one from Guatemala, and one from uh, Paraguay. Just to kind of recap, some of your sacramental ordinances, because, because you are a lay, uh, a lay priesthood in essence, 
can be carried out on the in the home where you have a qualified uh, priest. Yes. In our theology, the way we are organized, a priest is usually a young man beginning at the age of 16. A, an elder, typically starting at the age of 18 on up through adults, any of them have the ability to bless, to break the bread and bless the sacrament. Any of the young men the ages 12 and older would have, that are worthy, have the ability to, to pass the sacrament, to, to pass it to others. And so that does take place in our homes uh, and uh, as we can to the people that live, that we minister to as, as the law permits us to do those. Are there ways in which those of us who are outside uh, the LDS community can be supportive of you all in particular in this time? Well, you know, I thought about that question, Robert. Uh, I'm not sure of any particular way. We we try very hard to be engaged in interfaith activities and to uh, help others. Uh, number one, to try to exercise our religious freedoms. Number two, to help others uh, understand and exercise their religious freedoms, to bring people to the table. You've been integrally involved with us in the, which is not church related, but the DFW Alliance for Religious Freedom, is we bring people to the table to talk about our differences in religious freedoms. We just appreciate the communal prayers, the, the thoughts that are, are given to us and to all of our neighbors. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to share in those opportunities, to pray. We've, we've asked people to go with us and many other faiths on Good Friday, this Friday, April 10th, to do a worldwide fast. We're looking more outward than we are asking for, for help. One of the things, I, if, if people need assistance and need help, please let us know. We want to do the very best we can to help our neighbors. How is that kind of outward-looking response rooted in the teaching of your scripture and tradition? Well, our scripture, first off, from the very beginning, the prophet Joseph Smith, who we believe was the instrument that Heavenly Father used to restore the gospel of Jesus Christ, he stated from the very beginning that God has raised up righteous men and righteous women throughout the world, throughout its history, to bring to, bring to, to pass his, his ends and to, to bring to pass his glory. We don't think that that is limited to any specific religion. We believe that there are, lots of, there are a lot of religions that have truth. We believe uh, Joseph Smith, in establishing what was then known as the city of Nauvoo in Illinois, one that he invited uh, all faiths to have a part in the community to have space for land. When Brigham Young and the, the saints that went west to Salt Lake City in late 1840s, they designated a place for a Jewish synagogue. They designated a place for a Catholic church, a Baptist church. I mean, we've always, we've always wanted to be friends with uh, our neighbors. Sometimes that is accepted. Sometimes we're, it's appreciated. Sometimes it's not. So we'll work with anybody that wants to work with us. In our theology, we are all literally sons and daughters of a corporeal heavenly father, yeah. a glorified heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ, whom we believe to be a separate distinct personage from the father. And we also believe the Holy ghost to be a separate distinct personage of spirit at this time. If you have that concept, then it doesn't make any difference what faith you are or whether you have no faith. We are all equal in the respect that we are sons and daughters of a, of a Heavenly Father. And 
more importantly, those of us that come from a Christian tradition, I think we most all of us believe that we are saved through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And that applies, we believe, to all, no matter who's lived on the earth, no matter what time, no matter when, what, what stage of the earth's history they, they lived, and that that is important for everyone. With that kind of a global view of who we are and, and a grander perspective perhaps than perhaps some other churches have, religions have, we believe that it's important that we treat everybody like our brothers and sisters. What are some of the important things that we can all be doing together right now, people of different religious faiths, that are going to benefit our wider society and world? I think for church leaders, I think one of the more important things that we can do is to, first off, exude hope and faith. God is in control. We believe that part of the process of being on earth is to go through trials and tribulations. We believe that as literal sons and daughters of our Father in Heaven, that through the atonement of Jesus Christ and through the opportunity to obey His commandments and to continue to improve, that we can become like our Heavenly Father. When you come at it in that respect, yes, we're going through some hard times. And when we look at what we're going through right now, yes, it is hard. I think we try to look at what are we going to learn through this? It sounds like what you learned through this is that this is part of the way life is on earth, but that it shouldn't stop you from serving and being obedient. Is that right? Absolutely. It calls for us to exercise a little bit more humility. It calls for us to, uh, to increase our faith. It calls upon us to find re reserves of hope that maybe we didn't think we had. It calls on us to, to put, put ourselves at His mercy and His grace to accept the things that we can't change, but to then get up and do everything we can to do the very best we can to help not only ourselves, but our fellow man. Could I add just one thing? The, the, the closing questions you asked, what does your religious tradition tell us that we should learn from a crisis? Well, you had the chance last year to meet Elder Jeffrey Holland. He gave a wonderful conference talk in, in our general conference, which was this last Sunday. He says, when we have conquered the COVID-19 virus, and we will, May we be equally committed to freeing the world from the virus of hunger and freeing neighborhoods and nations from the virus of poverty. May we hope for schools where children are taught, not terrified of being shot, and for the gift of personal dignity for every child of God, unmarred by any form of racial, ethnic, or religious prejudice. I think that was a clarion call to our membership that that's what we should be looking for and learning during this time of this COVID virus. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Romney. This has been an episode of Interfaith Encounters, Consequential Conversations with Leaders of Different Faith Traditions. I'm Robert Hunt, inviting you to join us for new episodes each Tuesday.